0: Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on Core Temp Arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute, are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Hello, and welcome to Podstalgic, the newly revamped Hydrate Level 4. Uh, This podcast, I take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. Uh, In this episode, it's an older movie. And joining me, or returning, are the wonderful Cutaways podcast, Uh, Justine and Ashley. How are you guys, how are you guys, how are you ladies doing? I try to be politically correct.
1: (laughs) It's okay. Genderly, genderly Genderly.
2: correct. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we are good.
1: We're good, yeah. Awesome, awesome. We're we're first time, first time guests again. Yes. First time, first time. This is our first time on his his new show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Happy You'll new have show. to be
0: a first time next time. I change it again, I guess. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, for subscribers, you know, probably have heard you before, but for any new, uh, new listeners, you guys were previously on um, Beauty and the Beast.
2: Yes, yes. Matter of fact, Ooh.
0: same year as this movie. Yes, yes. Yeah, this true. so H- hitting so, 1991 up. <laughs> hopefully, you know, uh, you, the listener, um, you should already know, what movie we're covering. We're going to be uh, talking about the um Terry Gilliam's The Fisher King uh, that came out in uh, 1991 uh, specifically came out now here's the thing it's got two different dates i know there was uh, initially a limited release September 20th 91 and then the following week was the wide release so um you know with the show i just take a glance back around the time this movie came out now were you guys into music back in the 90s or still or Well, of course, oh, that's a dumb question you guys sing on your show all the time. <laughs> that's all the true. Time. Yeah. Yes. So, that's a really dumb question. Um <laughs> you know what, before we get into all that stuff, why don't you talk about your show real quick? That's um very rude of me to uh, assume people already know. They should, really. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> you're you're such a big fan, Peter. Yes, you
3: are. Yeah. <laughs>
0: If You're y'all don't know, y'all know now, yes. <laughs>
2: well, we're a romantic comedy
1: podcast. Yeah. We um, started the journey of going through um, chronologically um, in the romantic comedy genre because it seems to get, I guess, shit on yeah. Yeah. a lot. And we really wanted to kind of take a look at it uh, just to see what it is that makes a chick flick work yeah or not work or um just to see we're not we weren't real big fans of romantic comedies before then
2: no that's correct i have not seen most of the the staples myself
1: yeah i'd seen like the big ones like the big like uh, breakfast at tiffany's his girl friday um that kind of stuff
2: but yeah and i had not seen those at all
1: yeah and i didn't know that they were technically romantic comedies
2: yeah, so we, every week, watch a new one. Right now we are in 1998, so we are really hitting some good ones right now. Yeah,
1: the 90s were the golden era of romantic comedy, it seems.
0: And sometimes you guys even do movies that are quote-unquote romantic comedies and are not. Like yes. the prequel to Les Mis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh, Cousin Cousin bet. <laughs>
0: And that's what I love about your guys' show uh, also because, um, you know, I feel like a lot of podcasters, they they pick movies because they want to watch them too. You guys pick movies because, like, you know, you're uh, in a sense limited to a certain genre, or at least that's what Netflix or IMDb tells you, but you guys still make shitty movies fun to listen to. You know, so you guys may not like the movie, but the episode is still very enjoyable, whether it be singing Hamilton songs or any... Pop songs and things of that, so uh, yeah did we, I say we I are, love your show
2: we, oh, oh. thank you
0: we
1: really are a Hamilton podcast now. Uh, yeah in disguise <laughs> right, if you really right. like Hamilton, please join in we 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 appreciate a good Hamilton reference we every need day. help we, we, we need help I thought we were good we're helpless ah!
0: Sorry,
1: this is Hamilton. all
0: relative, yeah, because there's a couple people in this movie that also need help um but yeah the but again, listeners, definitely check out the podcast. It's um, I love it. Hopefully, you guys agree with my taste because you listen to me, and hopefully, you like my taste in movies as well. Ish? Question mark. I don't know. <laughs> um, but when this movie came out, the number one song is actually one of my personal favorites. Is I adore Mia Moore by Claire Bad. <laughs>
2: Oh, sing a little.
0: Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I, I need a little liquid courage for that. Uh, I mean, I, I, I would totally do it, but you know, I adore me more. It's, it's it's slower, so you know, I really gotta be in the mood to sing something like that. But gotcha. it's a uh, it's a great it's song. It's a
1: song for his wife, Justine. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sure, <laughs> lady yes. Love. That, lady that's
0: love. we're gonna go with that. That's why I'm not gonna <laughs> sing that at this point. But um, gotcha yeah color me bad yeah you know they had some hits, you know, they did. but yeah. that one was what number one for two weeks um some of the movies that came out around this time you know it it uh I was kind of looking through it and around the time this movie actually came out, I didn't see a whole lot of big ones to be honest with you I remember seeing like Ernest scared stupid came out around that time gosh some what are some other ones obviously Pretty unmemorable ones, to be honest with you. But this movie I this was the first time I've seen it. And I do remember the cover box working at Blockbuster, you know, which I feel like a, a lot of a lot of podcasters had. And so I've always remembered it. And I kinda was one of those um No, you know what? I think I had heard about the movie before, even renting as a little kid. You know, I had been renting movies. Uh, as, uh, gosh, as young as fifth grade on my own. I would just walk to the nearest Albertsons, you know, who had like a movie section and I just uh, rent whatever. But I was kind of the person that kind of judged the movie by its cover sometimes. And the cover box for The Fisher King is kind of, doesn't really give you an idea of what it might be about. You know, um, Robin Williams is in it, but just the the, the, the image, you know, it's just Jeff Bridges and Robin Williams just standing there, um, which before we get into more of it, I guess uh, I, I want to just point out that Jeff Bridges is the, um, I guess he's the lead in here as Jack Lucas, a, um, a radio host, which might as well be a podcaster great voice by the way loved his <laughs> voice uh mercedes rule uh as anne who won a academy award for best supporting actress robin williams who got nominated for best actor um uh, did not win as perry uh who is a homeless man he was um robbed he oh, do you know who was he was running up against at, by chance
1: I don't off the top of my head, but any time Robin Williams didn't win an Academy Award, I think he was robbed.
0: Absolutely, because <laughs> like uh, I did go back and watch the the uh, video clip for Mercedes Rules, a um, win just to just to see who she was up against, and I think the only other role I was familiar with was Jessica Tandy's uh, Fried Green Tomato. Mm. That was really it. So it, it was really between her and Jessica Tandy. So I I am kind of curious with uh, the whole Robin Williams thing, but Mer- Mercedes character she is uh, Jeff Bridges' love interest. She owns a video store and was a what is it nail salon owner or something.
2: Yeah, she's. Uh, I, I think she owned the video store. She does own the video C- currently, store currently. Yeah. In In Juno, they would call it a nail technician.
0: Okay. Yeah. I've seen that. Oh, like I once. see.
1: So. At least at the Golden Globes, Robin Williams, he did win for- At the Golden Globes? At the Golden Globes for the Fisher King. He was up uh, against Jeff Bridges. They oh. put them up in the, up against in the same category. Oh, I hate when they do that. I do too. Um, Billy Crystal, Dustin Hoffman, and Kevin Klein. Ooh, awesome. Dustin wow. Hoffman for Hook. Oh.
0: Okay. Oh. Same year? Oh, I guess it was 91. Holy Big smokes.
2: Robin Williams
1: either. He was also nominated um, for Mrs.
2: Doubtfire in 1993.
0: So. Also a movie I covered, great movie.
2: Yeah, it's hard to pick movies for your show because you've like already covered all my favorites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: you know what? I have no problem going back and redoing some of those. Um you know, just especially the, like the ones I did do with my son Phoenix, uh just because like it, it would be um you know, just a, a different dynamic in covering those typical uh, same movies with like somebody that also grew up with them, you know, like I did. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's yeah. true. So we, Ashley we and I have been redo. wanting
2: to watch um Drop Dead Fred lately.
1: Oh, Drop Dead Fred!
0: I wouldn't mind redoing that.
1: That's yeah. like one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, it had such a great impact on my life. You wouldn't think that it would, but Drop Dead Fred is like when I heard they were gonna try and remake it, I was so mad. I wanted to like go and murder people to prevent that from happening. <laughs> I, Excuse my crazy psychopathic ways.
0: Oh no problem. I I think um, the review that I did do, we might have kind of discussed, like uh, you know, with a possible remake, who would do it. And I don't know if it was my idea or maybe my guess, but we talked about Russell Brand.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. who they were wanting to get. Okay, for maybe it. that's
0: what it was. Now I'm taking people's ideas, but I I, I know <gasps> that name came up. I can see it, but I don't know if that would be like a big hit.
2: No, you no, can't top the classic like that. Oh,
1: I see why he lost. What? Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. He lost to Anthony Hopkins. Sorry, uh, I finally found the Academy Awards one.
0: Well, there we go. That, okay, that makes a lot of sense. That's, that's a tough one.
1: It was a really crappy year, though, to be honest. There was Warren Beatty for Bugsy, Robert De Niro for Cape Fear, Nick Nolte for The Prince of Tides, and then Robin Williams for The Fisher King.
2: Ugh,
0: yeah, Fisher King
2: all the way. Yeah.
0: See, I I didn't see Prince of Tides. I didn't. I'm pretty sure I didn't see Cape Fear either. And that was a remake. I I know that. What was the In Silence of the Lambs? That was it.
1: Yeah, Bug Silence of the Lambs. Oh, Bugsy. Bugsy, Bugsy
0: was okay.
1: It's Not right. nominated worthy.
0: Yeah. It sounds I mean, like
1: it was a bad year.
0: <laughs> it, it it really does. Does and that's the thing with these um. um you know, the coverages with, with some of these movies, too, because you're just like... Like, I, I think when I was a guest and we talked about my cousin Vinny, I think it was kind of Slim Pickens as well with mm. Marissa Tomei, except for, like, the whole, you know, uh, controversial, like, oh, you know, maybe... Was it Christopher Plummer might have misread the 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 winning name or something? Pulled a Steve Harvey, I guess. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Could be. I'm not sure. Um, But... Uh, this movie, Rated R for Language and Violence, and my, was it violent? Um, Now, Terry Gilliam, I know the name, and I had to pull up his filmography, and surprisingly, I've only seen, like, three of his movies. What? Uh, Yeah. So, I was just like, oh, Terry Gilliam, yeah, I know that guy. And then, I watched the movie and I go, huh? He he definitely has like a very unique vision. And I I was like, oh, I'm probably I've probably seen like a lot of his movies. And so I pulled it up. And the movies that I have seen of his, um, I remember as a kid, I saw The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, mm-hmm. uh, which I feel I might have seen like some kind of animated version as well. Um, the funny thing is, I own Twelve Monkeys, still haven't seen it. I own it on Blu-ray. Uh, I do that. I buy movies and I never open them. Um, Because I heard time travel and I was like, okay, I'm going to buy that movie. Uh, I've heard of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, never seen it. (laughs) I I watched The Brothers Grimm in the theater, was Mm -hmm. not impressed. Mm -hmm. Um, The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. I rented that one, enjoyed it, but I don't remember anything other than there was three or four different actors that had to finish off uh, Heath Ledger's role. So that's it. I haven't wow. seen anything else he's done.
1: Wow. You need to Man. see Brazil. But like the good version of yeah. Brazil.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like Brazil, I might have heard you guys mention it maybe. Or um, definitely is a movie I have heard often that uh, people do like. So, yeah. Justine, you've seen this one uh, probably the most out of all of us. Obviously, this is my first watch. But uh, when when did you see this for the very first time?
2: You know, I called up my dad last night to ask him that. And he was just like, I don't know. Because uh, he would always tape shows off of, like, HBO or whatnot. That's how we had an extended, like, VHS library in our house mm-hmm. of just, like, taping shows off... Taping <laughs> taping movies off TV.
0: <laughs> right. Like everyone so, else.
2: Yeah. Um, so I feel like I definitely had definitely seen this like by the age of 10 you know but more I feel like the scene in Grand Central Station resonated with me so it's like I definitely remember the scene before remember like really digesting the whole movie and like and, and as I was younger we used to go into the city a lot so it's like I connected to New York and I connected to this movie so I don't remember exactly when the first time I've watched it it's just been in existence in my life at least 10 yeah at least yeah when your dad started to degradate your mind
1: (laughs) what about you Ashley? um i think the first time that i saw it was about five or six years ago i was it was when i was in film school oh so maybe it was longer than that (laughs) you're getting old (laughs) yeah i know
0: you get married and then you start forgetting things
1: I know, right? What happens? So uh, I was going through, I had never seen it and I'd wanted to. I had just seen, um, I'd watched Robin Williams in uh, the movie about death.
0: That, uh, is that the is title? It?
1: Um, the no. The World's Greatest Dad or? Well, uh, yeah. It's the weird title. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about, and Cuba Gooding Jr. Is oh, in it.
0: that what well, dreams may come. Yeah, what dreams know, may come. Yeah, I I thought this was kind of similar. Yeah, like that's in kind tone. of
1: why I um picked it. I was in like that type of headspace, so I had just finished watching. I was going through a Robin Williams binge fest. I do that sometimes because I credit Robin Williams as being one of the men who raised me um, as a father figure, which you know is terribly upsetting that i never got to tell him that but um yeah uh so i picked it after that and after seeing what dreams may come and then having this it was just like oh my god robin williams you were far more you are like the smartest man that i know like of in existence because i think he dealt with suicide and mental health and all of these great things within his performances that he just did so nuancely because he understood and so it resonated with me on that level just because um, I deal with depression and PTSD so it's like oh my god this man this man is like the person who's going to help me understand what's going on with me so if I sound like I'm starting to cry it's because I am
0: (laughs) oh yeah it's you know, it. Um, I feel the world was, you know, uh, very, very saddened with his passing, and uh, kind of what you said. I, I think uh, makes a lot of sense. And now that I think about it, I, too, was, uh, you know, essentially raised by Robin Williams. You know, we uh, mentioned Mrs. Doubtfire, Hook, and um, you know, also uh, Dead Poet Society. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And Death
1: to Smoochie? Death to <laughs> like, Smoochie.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, the, uh, Edward Norn. Yeah, you, you know, like some of his darker stuff, it, you know, now that I kind of think about it, um, are like some of his uh, better performances for sure. You know, um, people always remember him as a comedian, but think of him as an actor, you know. And uh, have you guys seen World's Greatest Dad?
1: I have, I have it on my list. I have not watched it yet.
0: That is... Um, I I think it's written and directed by Bobcat Gothwaite. I that's what I wanna say. I but um I remember watching it and liking it. And then when he passed I went on Netflix and it was streaming and I watched it. I'm just like, man, he was so good in there and the movie is um, you know, dark and also funny. Um but I also like movies like uh was it the Final Cut? I, I think he was also in and um, one Hour Photo. I like mm-hmm. some of those performances as well. And I guess... Patch yeah, I mean,
1: Adams, Awakenings. There's Patch Jack. Adams Jack. Oh, See the yeah.
0: Awakening I haven't seen. Jack, I feel like I have seen... It, that's where he's a kid, just keeps eight, just growing, but he's like the same age. He's
2: mentally a kid, but his body is... He has basically... It's like reverse Benjamin Button. Yeah, he... okay. His pituitary gland was activated
1: very, very young, so he basically ca- aged very quickly. Yeah. Um okay. So he's basically a ten-year-old boy, and so he that'll continue. it's Robin Williams. Yeah. It makes you cry. Yeah, it's <laughs> just Robin Williams. Like that's just he lived for that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. then there's also Bicentennial Man. He was the genie and Aladdin. I mean, yeah. he basically. Is a staple, yeah, of a At least child. my childhood,
0: yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you just, you, we just keep bringing up the movies, right? That that we all yeah. grew up with. I mean, um, oh,
2: Jumanji, yep.
0: Jumanji, I also covered. Yeah, <laughs> but, that's why uh, I figured yeah. you
2: had done a lot of Robin Williams movies. So,
0: yeah, oh,
1: birdcage. Mm-hmm. I forget, birdcage. I always forget about the Birdcage. I love the Birdcage. Him and Nathan Lane are just <laughs> so perfect together.
0: Yeah, I definitely want to see that, and um, I know I have a uh, a friend of the show who wants to do, um, on original remake, do um, The Birdcage and Le Foucault, the French version that Mm -hmm. it's based on, so uh, I I still want to see that, too. It's just one of those things, like, he, we're talking about right now, he's done so many movies, and, uh, you know, I mean, if you have the time, you can catch them all, but there's definitely gems that I've missed out on, and... He was definitely not scared to do things that, you know, he's not really known for. I feel, again, like most people know him to be a comedian, you know, kids movies like Jumanji and Mrs. Delphire and uh, Aladdin. But um, nobody really talks about his real serious roles. You know, those aren't really getting a lot of love. I mean, I feel like my first introduction to him being like a dramatic actor was probably Goodwill Hunting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um just because Which of all, all like... the
2: way in ninety
0: seven, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. See, and that's just unfortunate because I, I and I guess, you know, that's probably when I really started getting more into um, you know, dramatic movies was probably mid to late nineties. Uh, Just because I I grew up more of like, oh, Mighty Ducks, I'm going to throw that (laughs) on. And yeah, so I'll watch. Yeah, I I did grow up more on the kid movies, ladybugs, stuff that people are like, what the hell is that? Like Tough Turf, you know? So, yeah, I I had some like really obscure movies as well. But yeah, I think it was probably about the mid 90s when I really started, um, you know, really getting into some of that stuff. But um, I mean, we're,
1: we're talking a lot about Robin Williams, but I mean, Jeff Bridges was there, too. Like absolutely, I, the Big Lebowski is like mm-hmm. just a huge thing. At least with my generation, it's like you meet a dude, and then you're just like, you can. It's a, such a quotable movie. Yeah, it so. is.
0: Now, here's the thing. Um, I know, I know. Uh, the Big Lebowski is like a, a huge thing, and I've heard of that a lot more than I have the Fisher King. So, uh, I think. With me, I and I feel like I do need to give the big Lebowski another watch, but when I watched it I was kinda like, Well, I don't get it. Like I I, I didn't understand why why people loved it so much. You know?
1: Well it's the philosophy of being lazy.
0: Okay. I should know a lot about that. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> so the, I I think it's one of those things that I probably need to watch again. I feel with the Fisher King is also another one of those things that I definitely need to watch again. Again, I mentioned uh, Terry uh, Gilliam's got this uh, very unique vision, and some a lot of the things came out of left field for me. Uh, go into the into this movie, I I knew nothing about this movie so i didn't know what i was getting at points i was like holy shit this is like twin peaks or something you know (laughs) and um some parts i was just like hey this is almost like a regular rom-com and so it was kind of like the the tones kept on shifting for me and i'm just like i it it was kind of so so some parts i was just like what is going on i wish it would just like kind of stay either really dark all the way or you know but uh Definitely well-written, and I think it did get nominated for, like, original screenplay. I'm, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones, because it did definitely get, like, a handful of uh, nominations at the Academy Awards. So, um, okay, well, let, let's talk about the movie here. Um, I mentioned that Jeff Bridges plays a radio host by the name of uh, Jack Lucas. You know, two first names. I thought that was kind of funny there.
2: He's very Howard Stern. Yeah, they are trying to be Howard Stern yeah. with him.
0: But I definitely got the feel of a of a Howard Stern, and you know he was getting like all these uh, people calling into his show, th- that's that's really what it was. And again, not knowing much about this movie at all, and that last person that was it Melvin, that Edwin, calls, Edwin. The Ed, last name starts with an M though, right?
2: Melnick, I think. Yeah, that's
0: probably what it is. I probably yeah combined his names. Um so Edwin calls in and, you know I guess he calls in often, right? And so we we find out that uh Edwin just wants a friend to call in and then Jack just kinda he shits on him. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuts him off. Well he cuts off this other lady too. That was pretty funny.
1: Well I think that's the point of his show is that he's better than everyone that yeah. he he's like he's pretty abusive yeah he's like my voice is better than yours and i can cut you off whenever i want it's he's i got the, the power. power yeah <laughs> right right <laughs> so it's very it's setting up this whole dynamic of him not necessarily understanding what it is to have compassion or to be Part of like a community or the common a, man, oh yeah, the common man or just
2: humanity in general. Yeah, it's it's a movie about getting your humanity.
1: Yeah,
0: you know that's the see and with this whole revamping thing, um, what I had Phoenix do with me on the very first episode, I had him in his own words tell me what Face Off was about, and then I read the um you know the the IMD, IMDB, but. So the IMDb was saying something like, you know, he's um uh, Jack that is is kind of suicidal because of of uh what he did to Edwin ultimately leading to um you know this uh shooting at a at a club and that's you know with Robin Williams it has a connection to that uh, in a sense there in your own words what else is going on in this movie? Obviously it's like a, a journey of uh, Jack Lucas here um kind of i don't know trying to find not find himself but obviously he feels guilty for this uh this very tragic event
2: it's a tale of redemption of forgiveness penance all that it's um, the,
1: the, it's actually the fisher king yeah it's
2: getting your faith it is literally the fisher king where um jack is the fisher king yes. and uh perry, perry is, the fool. is the fool so
1: it's I think it's mostly, I mean, everybody has a different interpretation of this movie, which is why I I think it's such a great, I think Terry Gilliam just does that. He packs in all of this symbolism. We were talking about it last night with Sam that we just, my my husband, Sam, loves symbolism. like To the point where it's kind of annoying. (laughs) And I'm like, you need to, like, thinking about it, I'm like, Sam, you need to sit down and just watch all of Terry Gilliam. Yeah. Because that's all he does. It's everything has a purpose. Everything has to be a symbol for something. And it do- you go and you watch and you'll find five or six different things that you didn't notice before. Like, I think the first time that I watched it, I was I wasn't really looking for the symbolism as much this time. Um, I kind of took in a little bit more and realized that what he was doing is actually it's not in your face about like a lot of movies can take PTSD and be very in your face about it, but he did it in such a way that it makes sense to, at least to me, the way that I experience those flashbacks and everything. It's like, it's, it is a demon that follows you. It is this thing that you, you are trying to outrun or you're trying to to push away from you. And then it becomes this own little force. And so for the horse to be chasing Perry, like I didn't take that as like a literal interpretation of his past chasing him. I took it more as the demons inside of him. Mm-hmm. He could he was separating himself from it the first time. This time it makes so much more sense. Just to to kind of let that sink in. And I love that he kind of manifested it as this red knight that it was his foe, it was his um I guess his separate personality, like that's him.
2: Yeah, and I know they also wanted to have it as like every time he comes up, it's those regressed memories, and they do like the whole costuming of the Red Knight kind of looks like the blood splatter yeah. in
0: mm-hmm. the club
2: of his wife yeah. and all that. So,
0: oh gosh, visually, yeah, it's there's definitely a, a lot there, and I'm I, I could totally use a Sam, you know, to kind of <laughs> point things out like that. Um, it's just, see, like uh, I I mentioned like the type of movies that I did grow up watching. And so I guess g- kind of getting into things like this a little bit later was really hard for me to swallow because um, usually movies like this is not my cup of tea. But there's always, you know, um, you know onesies and twosies that I'll totally enjoy and I will totally get. This one was very, and maybe it's it's just something I just don't get. You know, um, I have a brother that um, you know that battles depression. Uh, I've had friends that battle PTSD. Maybe I'm just not close enough to it to really kind of see the parallels, I guess, uh, visually. And so, so for me, I mentioned how like. um, you know the tone kept on switching at at, at some points like like it, it would be just a like a straight rom-com and or uh just uh, something like in just a regular drama and then when um and then when we see Perry you know suffer from some of his uh, episodes that's when i'm like okay i am trying to focus on what's going on and i i'm just not getting some of those some of those visuals
2: Well, I think that just pays tribute to, like, how you could just be feeling so great and then all of a sudden, like, switch.
1: Terry Gilliam is just always great about depicting human emotion physically, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: I think. Um, he, He uses symbolism in a way that for... You don't necessarily have to understand the the process or whatever Perry is going through, but you understand that something bad is happening yeah, and that, that it is not good in those terms, or it is very good. He does it in a way that it makes total sense for life just in general. Um,
2: yeah, like the um, Grand Central Station yeah. scene- I I just equate that that is how I feel about falling in love. Mhm. Like that is visually that to me is falling in love.
1: Yeah. And it's it's subtle. It's not like like the thing about movies today is it's so processed. It's it has to go through 7 8,000 different stages before It'll even get filmed. And then when it's filmed, it has to go through the director's cut, the editor's cut, the, the producer's cut.
2: And that's how they almost ruined Brazil.
1: And that's how. And yeah, that, that's the exact reference that I was going to make is that Ooh. Terry Gilliam kind of shows us through his career that the process for making movies shouldn't be this way that the studios want it to do. Because, I mean, that's what they that's how they ruined Suicide Squad. Like Mm -hmm. they took Suicide Squad. It was going to be this very dark, gritty movie that had a little bit of comedy, but they took it and then they showed, they gave it to a trailer house and the trailer house made it funny and musical and up, like not necessarily upbeat, but it flowed that trailer. Well, then people loved the trailer, but the trailer didn't really depict what the movie was going to be about because, you know, trailers never do nowadays. So, they're like, okay, we're going to give this entire cut to a trailer house <laughs> to cut. So, what did they do? They made it a musical. They they took it and every bit of it was just about the song that was playing in the background. And it had no connecting point. It was bleh. And... I haven't even seen it all the way through. I have Ugh. tried several different times, but the first 30 minutes of it is the worst thing I have ever seen in my life. And I have sat through the entire first original Incredible Hulk. So
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I it takes a lot to, for me to like basically turn a movie off. But yeah, I think that's what's... They're, it's hard today to be a filmmaker and you know grow up with um, references to Terry Gilliam like Brazil and, and the Fisher King and have and and Time even Bandits. the Time Bandits and even him being on um, Monty Python. Monty Python. So you have these very visual, sarcastic, dark humor things, and that becomes kind of part of who you are. And then you get into an industry where. You don't get to do that. Yeah. It's kind he's of He's faced
2: a lot of studio oppression as yes. his career's gone on. That's why like Brother's Grimm is like, "Eh."
1: Yeah, because it was who bought that? Who bought that? Cuz didn't they change the ending? Somebody changed the ending of it. They're
2: always changing the endings of his movies. I
1: know, cuz hmm. they want the happy ending. And he's like, "No, guys, that's not like it's how not. it always works."
0: <laughs> so did did uh is that what happened with this movie?
1: No, this movie was always planned to have that okay. ending. Okay. He after Brazil, this was this was how long after Brazil? A couple of years after Brazil?
0: Yeah, Brazil came out in eighty five. Yeah, so, so six years.
1: Well, Brazil was like terrible for him. Like, yeah, a terrible emotional experience, and so he did low budget stuff directly after, or he self funded yeah i think Mm, so that he could have control he didn't want to work with the studios anymore like he was on a i remember in class we talked about him being on a studio boycott for a while so i think this was that so he still to this day has to have control over his movies because of how bad who who was it it was harry it was harvey weinstein probably who fucked over brazil um changed the dream sequence and... The they they, and uh, they gave it a happy ending. They gave it a happy ending when it wasn't supposed to. Because Brazil is about the industrialization of humanity and technology taking over. It's 1984. It's 1984, yeah. So he, he was like, no, it can't have a happy ending. And the studio was like, nah, guy, uh, we can't listen to you. No. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: there it is. That's my favorite Disney <laughs> moment thing. There, you know i I cannot wait for you guys to finish up all the rom coms so you guys can get into other movies like this because <laughs> I would listen to the shit out of that stuff because you know um, that's that's the thing too. You know, I I just I cannot stop talking about your show and it's 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 just a thing where um, I said you can turn like a, a shitty movie into a, still a great listen. Um, it's just you guys never disappoint, and oh that's know, good so, you know, so so I appreciate you coming on the show first off, but it's just yeah i oh, I'm eating this up, I'm just like I don't need to say <laughs> anything else, I'm just uh, yeah, I love some of this uh backstory stuff um as well um yeah i I definitely want to check out Brazil now, uh for sure. Uh, 12 Monkeys. I, I own the damn movie. I might as well uh, pop that in sometime. Now, oh 12 Monkeys got... is
2: visually amazing. Yeah, and definitely okay. watch the, the short uh, Legete. Yeah. Of, that was influenced. Sorry, we're getting all film school on you.
0: Oh, no problem. Hey, you did know he, what? He did a couple out on animations
2: that, so. as well, didn't he? Mm,
3: oh, remember. yeah. I mean,
2: like,
1: yeah. Well, he the did, meaning he did of stuff life. in Monty Python. Is that I something? remember yeah. that. But there's oh, other yeah. stuff.
2: I mean, he's got a full career of stuff and yeah i mean gilliam has definitely influenced me to actually just become a filmmaker it's like directly i am here because of him
0: okay all right um let's talk about uh ann um who i was you know again i knew nothing about this movie so i saw her and i was all like hey it's josh's mom from big it is yeah yeah (laughs) and i also um I'm kind of blanking right now. I know her from something else. Girl, you know, let me pull her up real quick. But there was another one of those, you know, like movies as a kid kind of thing. I feel like it might have been after Big that she did. Uh, the other movie I also know uh, Mercedes from is uh, Last Action Hero, also playing the mom.
1: Oh, that's one of Sam's favorite movies. He wants us to watch it. <laughs>
0: It's you know it's it's an Arnold flick you know it's a yeah she she plays that kid's mom as well
1: she's just she's just a lot of mom yeah. a lot she, of
0: moms she is definitely not a mom in this one um, No. Nah. because she's like hey I want to be a mom and you're like you don't even love me uh,
3: <laughs> I like
0: I'm super sad for her now I knew that this movie did win. best supporting actress and um at the time i didn't even know who it was and i had to look it up afterwards so so i was curious because um obviously i was uh keeping an eye on Anne, and i knew that perry would eventually get some type of love interest so i I was kind of waiting for her and she didn't come into like halfway through the movie Mm -hmm. so i thought that was a little interesting um
2: I like um, the character of Anne. I feel like is there to show us also, like real uh, delusions and real talking to ourselves. Like- yeah.
0: <laughs> I definitely like her. I, I um, she's definite, definitely definitely. Uh, I I'm probably going to misuse words because I tend to do that. I was going to say she's definitely got a little, a little fight in her. You know, she's. Uh, I really like her character, and I think the actress is actually also from Queens, so she's not, you know, too far off uh, from probably playing, you know, somebody that she um, knows, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel she probably knows uh, somebody just like this. But um, I do think it's funny that Jack goes from being a uh, radio show host to working at a video store, and I guess, does he manage, like, the, the porn room? Is Is that... Is that what's going on there?
1: That's what he thinks he does. Yeah, oh, well, definitely his sure. office. His office is call in the it
0: porn. That. Room. Yes. <laughs> I love the little cameo here with Kathy Nahimi, uh who was yeah. one of the witches from Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I saw her recently on, gosh, oh, oh. I think it was like Medea's Christmas movie or something like that. She was in there and she, she thinned out. I almost didn't recognize her.
2: Wow, I haven't
1: seen her lately. Yeah, I haven't seen her lately either. I know she was one of the big voices behind trying to get Hocus Pocus two before Gary Marshall died. Oh, mm. I know. R.I.P. Gary. Oh miss gosh, you.
0: it's kind of like uh, kind of like uh, how Bonnie Hunt, you know, was trying to get um, uh, Jumanji two. Wait, <laughs> no, 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 no. She was gonna write Mrs. Doubtfire two. I think that's what it was. Yeah. That's oh. what it was.
1: Something like that. I mean, they were they. I already are making a Jumanji too, which I just. Oh right, yeah, they are. Oh, it's got the Lord. rock in it, and yeah, I saw like a it's still. It's actually they go into the game this time. Oh,
0: okay. And I'm like I might be all right with that. I. It's it's more of like a like a spin off. They're taking the con. I mean, I I thought it was gonna be like kind of a remake remake. You know, like they were just gonna do the same things but with the rock.
1: I feel like if they would have done that. No one would have gone and seen it because it's kind of like an insult to Robin Williams,
0: absolutely, especially like is, same thing if you want to like try to try to do a mrs. Doubtfire too like no you, you can't outdo what Robin Williams did, nobody's gonna watch that
1: yeah i I mean, but
0: don't then again, try I guess and, yeah. Tyler Perry's kind of doing that <laughs> insert Justine. <laughs> yeah, <they're... laughs>
3: Sorry. Now I'm just overdoing it. <laughs>
0: yeah. So um, now the the introduction of Perry, I'm trying to remember because I just wrote down so many things here. I'm trying to remember. How did they meet?
2: It's when uh, Jeff Bridges character is about to commit suicide by jumping. That's yes. right.
0: And then, wh- you know, who why is there no police officer out there? you know, protecting, you know, the, the, the common citizen because you got these two punk kids who are like, hey, there's some rando guy here. Let's pour gasoline on him. Um but yeah, the Robin two Williams. Rando saves kids are
2: representative of society, right? I guess. I could see that, yeah. yeah. I mean like um well I know like Gilliam, he always has a problem with authority. Yeah. And lack of authority and Mm. Well, and
1: lack of message authority, actively actively trying to help people. Yeah, like even even the hospital is yep. always screwed up in some way. Oh yeah, um, because we corporatize it, and that's what he's trying to show: is by corporatizing healthcare, we are not actually taking care of people; we're just uh, making them a number, and it doesn't work that way. I mean, when the the pizzas come and everybody is going on their lunch break. It's not like they're giving the pizza to the homeless people that are sitting there. It's they're going to their lunch break and they're done with people. Yeah. People don't exist in that in that turn uh frame of mind. So, I think the the kids showing up for me, it was they're the representation of society always kicking you down or not letting um Not showing any type of compassion compassion or love towards someone who's going through something that is, you know, horrible. Like, depression is a horrible, debilitating thing, and we don't take it seriously, even today. And I think that that's very telling that Carrie Gilliam sees this this way. And I don't, does he suffer from depression, or is that why? Because it's in his movies all the time. Yeah. Or he just, he's fascinated with it, with the juxtaposition of people, not, caring about it or seemingly seeing it as you're broken or you're too fucked up to care about kind of thing and what's sad is is that seeps into people who suffer from it and that's why they don't get help that's why they they don't tell anybody that they're dealing with it because they have this media in a sense showing that you are not important enough to save kind of thing mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you're you're not a perfect standard so why should we save you
0: it's nuts because like uh I, I thought it was uh, a very interesting I guess we can call it say uh, a very interesting visual that these these two uh teens I guess they're, they're you know their faces aren't shown too so they're not given a face um so I guess kind of to what you said actually that it kind of yeah I can see that you know it's society right that uh it, it, you know, he's throwing out, you know, gay slurs and stuff. I, do, I did find it funny that uh, knowing that Hook was, you know, filmed or post-production or whatever around the same time. It's like, well, no, but I do believe in fairies. You know, like that mm-hmm. whole line. That's you know, exactly
1: like, what it was a reference to. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, um I, and I kind of like saw little little things here and there that... I don't know if uh, like Robin Williams was also told to perhaps improvise some of his things, but I, I felt there were little bits and pieces of of like Robin Williams stuff that we will eventually see or have seen.
1: You yeah, can't hire Robin Williams. He's and he's
2: always just Robin Williams. <laughs> yeah, like even when he's back at his house and he's trying to get Jeff Bridges to stand up, he does the oh, gravity works, which you can hear in Fern Gully of yeah. his character saying. Yeah, it's just ah.
1: that's who he was. And I mean, we lost a. He didn't get enough credit at the end of his life. I don't think, like his career, he wasn't getting, he wasn't getting these phenomenal roles like the Fisher King. It was like oh the Robin Williams brand is like gone or whatever and it's like he's an amazing talent like why did he get so much shit at the end
3: Hmm. you know
1: like career-wise I'm not like he was hard for him to find a job that I think fulfilled things he was also going through a lot of things it just to me I always felt like his career went on such a downturn that. Maybe that's what he wanted, but I don't know. I, it just always felt like they weren't giving him the chance to be Robin Williams anymore, mm. and that was upsetting to me. Like, studio, studios couldn't control Robin Williams, so we're not going to hire Robin Williams anymore.
2: Yeah, studio control. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's crazy. And then you got, like, uh, you know, uh, I'm not trying to knock Bill Murray, but, like, like, the man is hard to hire, and people are, like, trying to go out of the way to get him. Robin Williams is like right there, you know, and he's I'm, I'm sure he's not like as hard to get a hold of that, that could be doing other stuff, too. But uh, I'm glad, you know, he wasn't like at least like doing like terrible movies at the end, though.
1: Yeah, it was his TV show that he worked really hard with um, Buffy mm-hmm. got canceled and like I thought that show was pretty hilarious. It was a father-daughter relationship show and I thought he was still on top of his game and and still Robin Williams, even without the cocaine. He was Robin Williams. <laughs> and it's just it was sad to me. Like at the time that he was gone, it was just like, oh, we just lost something so huge in this world that for the last couple of years wasn't being utilized and that upsets me. Whether or not that's true, whether or not he was, you know, taking time to be with his family, I don't know. I could be completely wrong. I was just upset.
0: I I didn't know this, but um because I hadn't seen the movie, but I guess Robin Williams was also in The Butler.
2: Really? He? I didn't yeah. see it.
0: He has a credit in The Butler. So aside from that and then the the museum movies, um Oh, he he lend his voice in Happy Feet 2, but World's Greatest Dad, which I mentioned, was pretty much his last movie because mm-hmm. everything else was uh, after his passing. So, um, yeah, definitely check that out. I, I would love to hear you guys' opinion on that movie. Um, so, but the 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 homeless raid the, raid the 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 saving of of Jack there. I thought that was. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I thought that was just a great introduction to uh, Perry's character and also the other homeless men that he hangs out with.
2: His merry men, his merry men.
1: He's he's Robin Hood.
0: Mm-hmm. I and I like that uh, a lot too, like the that theme. And then later on, where Jack tries to uh, go on the the little. Uh, his uh, not adventure, but when he his tries quest? to go quest. Thank you, his Grail Quest. That's a great word. His uh, quest to go steal the Holy Grail. Uh, I was just like, look at him wearing his little Errol Flynn hat. You know, so I <laughs> yeah. I, I liked all that. All all that was, um, you know, making me chuckle there. Now we mentioned Jeff Bridges earlier. Did he get nominated for this role?
1: He was nominated for a Golden Globe but not for a Golden an Oscar. Globe.
0: Okay, see that's the thing like uh there's just so many different um you know awards that that are out Robin there. They pushed Robin
1: Williams for award season instead of <sighs> Jeff Bridges.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he did great in here too. Uh I feel I feel um Jeff Bridges uh definitely um was better for me in the second half of the movie. Um mm-hmm. it could have been because like I was waiting You know, for for the Robin Williams stuff, I think I going into the movie, I knew that he was nominated. So maybe that's why I was maybe focusing on him. But um, also, I felt the second half of the movie was probably when I liked it most. And I also liked it a lot when we got uh, Lydia when she was introduced.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gotta love Amanda Plummer. Amanda Plummer.
0: <laughs> you see, I and I seen some of the um her credits. I think this is the only movie I've seen her in.
2: Really? It I well, feel she was in She's in So I Married she an ex murder. murder. She yeah. was in um Who
0: she, was two... she the sister? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. She's, okay. I, I yeah. lied. I lied. She
2: she generally usually just plays crazy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she I, enjoys I listened it. to your guys' coverage on that too. Yeah. <laughs> so uh okay, okay, I lied. Um, I, I guess watching her in this movie, it just, she didn't have, I guess, the face that, that, um, I recognize, but now that you mentioned, so I married an ex-murderer, I can kind of see it. Um, it, it has been a while for that one, but, um, yeah, I guess, she, I, I guess I don't really know her much from anything else. I, I saw that she had a credit in like Kill Bill, but like, I've seen that movie like maybe twice. So, I, I did uh, k- kind of like this, you know, with the whole introduction of Lydia. I thought it was very interesting that uh, it, it was kind of like, um, you know, Groundhog's Day, you know, to, mm-hmm. you know, since I mentioned Bill Murray, it, uh, uh, Perry, you know, he's, he's, I, I guess, kind of stalking Lydia. You know, he's very enamored with her. He's, it, she does the same thing every single day. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, in, in a sense, she's a little, I don't know, neurotic in her own way. Like everybody everybody is off in their own way in this movie. I
1: feel like she was a little O C D or yeah. autistic. Okay. Yeah. At le or just without the definitions of it.
0: For O C D yeah. check out your coverage of um uh As Good As It Gets.
1: <laughs>
0: because you guys uh. completely loved that movie, right? <laughs> yeah, we did. So much. Yeah, so Can much. Can you hear
1: the sarcasm well, in my one of, one of your
0: best movies, up there with Jerry Maguire. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: the companion piece. The man feelings.
0: <laughs> you need more of those, you say?
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> man feelings? We need we need more understanding of man feelings. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, we need man- men to be able to express their feelings without it being aggressive, angry, or masculine. Yeah.
0: How about um I love you, man.
2: I love that movie. I haven't seen it.
1: It's one of we my favorite movies
0: it. of 2009.
1: It's a comic. It's a romantic comedy about bromance. It's it's on our list. Yeah, it's
2: know
3: on it our is. list. is. We'll get
2: to it.
0: Ashley <laughs> did uh, Justin tell you what I suggested for, for uh-uh. you guys? Oh, uh, I said, uh, hey, Back to the Future Three is kind of a rom com. I mean, there's comedy and there's a romance in there. You get to see Michael J. Fox's butt. <laughs>
2: Dude, I so. love Back to the Future Three. Love yeah. it. Anytime there's man butt,
1: I'm in.
0: <laughs> there we go. Unfortunately, no peen. It is PG uh, a PG movie, oh. so yeah. <laughs>
2: Viva la peen. Viva la peen. <laughs> uh,
3: what
0: was that, cousin cousin Bet? That was that cousin Bet. There we go. <laughs> uh, follow you guys' Instagram for a picture of uh, something <laughs> you guys asked for. So I I think that's awesome, and um. When I was listening to your cover I go, oh, that explains the whole emoji and the French flag. <laughs> and then I saw it on your Instagram. I go, well, look at that. See? So people love you guys.
2: Thanks. Hey, I just, I can't believe people are still listening. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, well, you are you guys are a great listener. So, um, the, um, the story of redemption, uh, Justin, you mentioned, uh, Jack, he feels, so obviously we find out, um, Jack gets bad news by watching the news. He finds out that, you know, Melvin uh did this at the club right 3 years later and then he runs into um Perry and then he finds out was it who's this uh, gentleman that's down there is he like a janitor or I kind of kind of forget the, the one that um Jack meets.
2: It's like their their maintenance building guy cuz that's okay. the apartment building that uh harry and his wife lived in yeah so now he just keeps them in the boiler room which he can't pay rent but he still wants to take care of him
0: it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, with honors did you guys ever see that movie i
2: don't know what that um, is no.
0: it's uh joe pesci and brendan fraser
2: uh, okay.
1: um,
0: joe pesci is um, a homeless guy that lives in a boiler room at a college
1: that sounds familiar i feel like i've seen like a
0: well, beautiful. your Patrick Dempsey is also in there. Oh, um, we'll check it oh, out. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, I'm down.
0: Gosh, and there's a young woman, the love interest. I'm trying to remember. Moira something, rather. It's early 90s. I, I kind of, like, jokingly say, like, it's the sequel to um School Ties because, mm. you know, yet again, and Fraser is, you know, in school. Uh, I think he wrote, like, a thesis, lost it somehow, and then it ended up with Joe Pesci, and he is, um, like, giving a page back as long as, like, Brendan Fraser gives him something in return, little by little. You know, and they form a relationship, too. Oh. So I was kind of seeing that a little bit um, in this movie as well, but only because, like, well, Robin Williams is, um, is homeless. And yeah, it
2: sounds like another movie where they get their humanity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so it it, it is that. I, I own that movie, and eventually I'll probably, you know, review that, maybe. <laughs> but, uh it's definitely worth a watch at least once, you know, I I don't know if it still holds up, but I do remember enjoying it a lot, but I, I think I had a phase where I just loved Brendan Fraser, you know, blast from the past and all that good stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, how can you not? Yeah. We're so, serious. Yeah. Beautiful human. <laughs> now, Encino
1: d- man. He's so pretty in Encino man.
0: He is. I mean, yeah, he was definitely Studley, studly, you know, um, that, uh, was it I Said Fred? Well, I forget the name of the group, but that sexy... Right Said Fred. Right Said Fred. Thank you. Yeah, that song like fit perfectly in those scenes uh, with, with him. I need to do that one, too. <laughs>
3: um,
0: uh, that, okay, what, what were we talking about? Something about Lydia. Ben butt. Lydia. Lydia, yes. So I love her. I love the way Amanda Plummer plays her. She is quite hilarious um, with her physical comedy.
2: Yeah, I feel like she's me. She is you. <laughs> she is me.
0: That's Literally. funny.
1: <laughs> I am Perry and you are Lydia. Yeah, because I'm That's a little autistic. I you
0: can see that you guys are definitely meant for each other. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, it, it comes yeah, out my in wife. your show. Yes, Oh, I've <laughs> seen. I've seen a, was it a tweet? Maybe a tweet or Instagram? I think something like that. Something with the word "wife" in it.
1: When I got married, yeah.
2: When Ashley got married, and I was her maid of honor. Yeah, she was.
1: I have my husband, and I have my wife. (laughs)
0: Um, So Jack tries to set them up. He feels that uh, if he can do this good deed, and this, you know, this is where he's like talking to Anne about it too, and like uh, he feels like he owes it. You know, to parry. you know, to to make him happy and maybe it'll make him happy and perhaps a better person. You know, maybe uh, maybe he'll finally tell Anne he loves her and all that good stuff.
1: I think he was doing it to be self-serving yeah, at, at this that point. point. Yeah. Like okay. he's he's not necessarily doing it out of the goodness of his human little heart. He's, oh, no, not at all he's more so he's guilty. Yeah, he's I can very guilty I in can, the first half of the movie. He's my guilt. Yeah. And then go back to being Howard
0: Stern.
3: Yeah. <laughs> which is what he
2: does. Which is yeah.
0: Now, I'm almost certain of this answer, but um Perry Perry never finds out that uh Jack was was the kind of the um catalyst for all this, right? what happened with his wife? I
2: thought he knew. He you can insinuate that he does know, especially by what he says at the end. After he gets the cup, I had a dream and you were there.
1: there. and and my wife. Yeah. Okay. I really miss her. Yeah, that's always, to me, that's always resonated as he had some understanding that he was responsible. Yeah.
0: Okay. See, because I was almost kind of waiting for a moment where it would come out and then there would just be this big blowout or... uh or um Perry thing would about get violent. Terry
1: Gilliam, he doesn't do what you think. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. most movies would take that and be like, "Oh, we have to insert the drama. Insert yeah. it." Bah! But yeah. he held back and I think that's how life is. You don't really find out the full story like movies kind of tell you that you do. You you really you maybe have an understanding or you know a little chunk about it, but Sometimes life kind of keeps things from you for your own good and I appreciate that sometimes.
0: Speaking of like uh Terry Gilliam doing things you don't expect, I this I love this scene. This is where Jack Okay, so the the first thing failed, right? This is where uh Jack and Anne they um call uh, get a hold of Lydia over the phone and say, "Oh, hey, you know, we uh, you, you won um, yeah, a year full of free rentals or something and that doesn't work because she hangs up uh, which I thought that was funny but Jack hires Michael Jeter mm-hmm. to go to be a, like a personalized message mm-hmm.
2: he's gypsy it, he's doing gypsy
0: oh I don't know what that is
2: oh, oh goodness <laughs> oh
1: lord
0: this is a musical
2: is yes a musical.
1: <laughs> is it a play yes yeah. oh okay it's also okay. a movie yeah it's okay. beautiful. It's worth magical. the watch.
0: Okay, you say. All right. I I you know, obviously I love your show, so I I will watch these movies that that we discuss. Um Brazil and Gypsy. Okay.
3: <laughs>
0: so, I I knew it was something, but it's not something I knew. But Michael Jeter in drag, oh my God, give me more. Give me that yes. movie, too. Yeah, give me a spin off of that. Oh, I mean, I know we can't more. R. So R. I am so
1: upset that he didn't get an ending. Yeah. Like, that he is just pulled away from, like, he's just the insight, the inciting incident for Jack to go back to Perry.
2: Yeah, but it, I mean, you were just saying about Terry Gilliam in life, and you know he doesn't yeah. wrap it up, everything, so smoothly. I
1: know, but for me, it's just like, oh, he's such an impactful character, like, as a character actor. He just, mm-hmm. he sticks with you, and you want more of that. So,
0: I just... It was it was heartbreaking, too, when they were, you know, taking him away at the end there. I was just like... Yeah. And, and then, I yeah, I thought it would also be resolved, kind of like, you know, when Jack does run back out, I thought he would see him or something, so... Um, Yeah, I would like to see something with
1: him. We missed the opportunity. Yeah, which I mean is good. I guess that's an ending. Yeah, it it doesn't coddle you, but it doesn't. No, it definitely. It doesn't lie to you Mm -hmm. about if you miss it, like you're done. Yeah, Yeah. you missed it. You missed it. Maybe that's why I'm so anxious about missing things in life. (laughs) God damn it, Terry Gilliam.
0: Uh, so, what are your guys' thoughts on the streaking in Central Park here? Cloud uh, oh, busting. Like, My
1: favorite scene. <laughs>
0: I was very surprised to see what I saw. I was like, oh, okay, well, that this happened. Well, I was like, look at this.
1: Oh, you know, it didn't take a lot to like for Robin Williams to get naked.
0: They like, were probably like, "Robin, Williams, take off your say no more." <laughs> yeah, he's just like, "What?
1: All I, of it? All? Gone? Good? Okay." <laughs> He's like, is
0: this? Well, he's like, okay, naked, right? Like, well, we were thinking just to okay, that's fine, Naked's fine.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure how that went down. Um, Let
2: the little guy fly. Yeah, yeah. flapping the breeze. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. Yeah. So obviously we're we're jumping around, but okay. Now this scene, it did. I, I don't know if it could have been done another way, but you know, YouTube you being film editors, um. I, I really enjoyed this scene, but the transitions were really bothering me. It's the dinner scene, you know, mm. the 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 double oh. date and the wipes. The wipes were really bothering me, and I don't know if that's maybe a um, like a product uh, product of his time, mm. you know, it, or
1: I think a little bit, a little could, bit. It's a
2: bit Star Warsy,
3: yeah,
0: yeah. Do you think it could have worked as maybe like a montage with maybe like you know some some kind of just. Song in the background and still get those jokes i I feel like that could have just worked as well no yeah, like, no. I think that
2: any dissolves or song would have just romanticized it
1: yeah and and he I don't think he really does montages okay no. i don't I can't think of a Terry gilliam montage,
2: yeah, i yeah, and I don't think if it's gonna be something that he's romanticizing, it's going to be violence, yeah, anything with like love and pure things i think it's just going to be like awkward and being like this is it
1: yeah this is this is what love is like violence is easy but love is really hard
0: yeah yeah i i really liked it a lot uh, obviously the um my note um well actually no but well uh, yeah it's very close I to can each see other
2: why it's annoying though yeah and i can a lot s- of it see that it's like okay we're just going to set up the camera in one angle and then robin williams is going to improv it's it's a little lazy
1: yeah especially uh, robin williams playing off of amanda Plummer, yeah and
0: and vice versa at some points i feel but um but no i i just love that play too it's kind of like um there was a movie i mean obviously it it happens often but it's just uh i didn't see it going there you know with um Uh, Lydia being so uncoordinated dropping things and stuff and I just thought it was funny how uh, Perry would follow suit you know just like oh yeah oh shit I dropped my dumpling on the floor too (laughs) he's um, making
1: her feel comfortable right right
0: Yeah. oh oh, gosh Hitch Hitch kind of did something very similar Um, uh, Will Smith uh, Kevin James and you know uh, Will Smith tries to set Kevin James up with a woman who kind of had like some quirks and stuff and she thought that Kevin James was doing these things to make her feel comfortable, but he was just as uncoordinated as she was. So it, it was kind of like that, but I thought it was very cute. But I felt like the, um, there was just way too many wipes and I didn't feel there was like that much passage in time. So that's why it kind of bothered me. I'm just like, what? I, I didn't get that.
2: Yeah, it it was like they were doing best takes while keeping continuity. Okay. Yeah. Like there, there there yeah, there are a few things with it that I would have done a little differently. I would have done jump cuts. I
1: yeah. want to see your guys'
0: um uh, edit of this. <laughs> yeah. Oh okay. what is the I'll jump go, cut? I'll go to we're... the Terry
3: Gilliam archives and <laughs> <The> jump, <laughs> cut,
2: the jump cut is just like pretty much like removing frames, like the camera stays still, but then it's like a passage in time, but it's, yeah. a, it's a hard cut, so no dissolve or no wipe.
0: Oh, okay. Ah, ah. Oh, almost like um like watching bloopers or something yeah yeah okay okay yeah the reason i I would
1: do the jump cuts is because the way that you remember a first date
2: oh yeah i could definitely see that see this is (laughs) now we're doing editor talk we're like (laughs) what is the reason to use a particular like motif Motif, yeah is that like you try to get into the same headspace that the characters are in so like as she was just saying like you the way you remember time, especially when you're nervous, is just in, in fragments, in, in blurps. So, it, it's... She, so Ashley would replicate that by just like removing bits of information.
1: Yeah, and and you remembering that one moment, and then it was done. Like,
2: yeah, it'd just be like, oh, this random time, like he just touched my hand. I really yeah. focused on like that one instance. Yeah. So
1: you get a flash of that, and then you get a flash of her dropping something, and then him following suit, and then you get. Um, the flash of him rearranging the table nervously or or something like
2: that. Yeah.
0: Do you think, like, uh, if, if they stay with the wives, could it had been a little bit more effective if we were getting, like, different angles at the table as, as opposed to just that one shot?
2: Maybe. I feel like I would have done more something with, like, the lazy Susan of, like, a camera on a slider going around the and table. behind. Yeah.
1: See, okay. I, wouldn't, I like the still camera.
3: Yeah,
2: I do like the the stationary camera. I I feel like maybe jump cuts would be a little too jarring. The wipes let you kind of ease, ease into in. it. Sorry, okay. we're getting all technical.
0: No, it's I, hey, I told you guys before, I eat this up. This is great stuff. <laughs> um, cause well, often and it shows
2: I, we are
1: just such different. Yeah, editor. I I always like having these conversations. Yeah, because I'm always like, I just want to get get it, get it, get yeah, it. Get yeah, yeah. And it. I'm a
2: slow dissolved yeah. person. Yeah. I'm like more old school. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I just um because often you know I, I hear this type of stuff very little. Am I ever a part of this type of conversation? So I I love it. Uh, shortly after this, um, uh, Perry walks Lydia home. And my note for this scene is that the uh, chemistry is just dripping off the screen.
3: Mm, I mm-hmm. love
0: the scene so much. It, um, uh, I, I know you guys' feelings on Jerry Maguire. <laughs> it, it is one of my favorite movies, just because of the performances. Um, yeah, I, I love the characters in, in that movie. But if people thought, if people ate up the scene, you, you know, the you happy at a hello, you know, mm-hmm. shut up, shut up, all that stuff this like kills that scene like mm-hmm. this i again i know very little about this movie i don't know why this particular scene hasn't been parodied in other movies you know because i feel there was so much quotables in in, in the, the, the well i mean varman williams nice. told her to shut up
3: okay excuse me wait just hey just, sorry wait one minute hey excuse me please wait Wait. No, listen, I'm not feeling very well. Oh, no wonder. We just met, made love, and broke up, all in the space of 30 seconds. And I don't remember having the first kiss, which I think is the best part. Listen, it was so very special to meet you. And, and it was I for me, too. But I think it's time you should shut up now. And I would. Shut up, please. Uh, yeah. I'm not coming up to your apartment. That was never my intention. Oh,
2: god, you don't
3: want to. Oh, no, I want to. I have a hard-on for you, the size of Florida. But I don't want just one night. I have a confession I have to make to you. You're married? No. You're divorced? No. You, You have a disease? No, please stop. I'm in love with you. Not just from tonight. I've known you for a long time. I know that you come out from work at noon every day, and you fight your way out that door, and then you get pushed back in, and three seconds later, you come back out again. And I, I walk with you to lunch, and I know if it's a good day if you stop and get that romance novel at that bookstore. I know what you order, and I know on Wednesdays you go to that Timson parlor, and I know that you get a jawbreaker before you go back into work. And I know you hate your job, and you don't have many friends, and. I know sometimes you feel a little uncoordinated and you don't feel as wonderful as everybody else and feeling as alone and separate as you feel you are. And I love you. I love you. (laughs) And I think you're the greatest thing since Spice Racks. And I've been knocked out several times. If I could just have that first kiss, and I won't, I won't be distant. I'll come back in the morning, and I'll call you if you let me. Yeah, you know,
0: like I, I love that. Like I, I just, I didn't see anything that I have ever seen in in other movies before that I, I, I don't know why.
1: Well, I think a lot of that comes from Terry Gilliam being kind of like a Hollywood pariah.
2: Yeah, it's 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 a small film, I'd say. Real, yeah,
1: compared to Jerry Maguire, yes, yeah. it didn't have the release. That Jerry Maguire. Had. I mean,
2: like, I quote it all the time. But yeah. Nobody knows what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> she quotes it all the time and like she doesn't even remember what she's quoting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what are some of the uh your go tos from this movie?
2: Oh, well, we were watching it we were watching we just re watched it last night to prepare for this. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he was doing it was Jeff Bridges hanging off the side of the building, and he said, Thank God nobody looks up in this town. Yeah. I was like, that's where I get it from. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: say that.
0: that. <laughs> no, uh, um, d- d- do you say that in L.A.?
1: You say it anywhere or do you just in say it g- in general? general. <laughs> okay,
0: yeah. I was just like, oh damn, shade on New York. Like nobody, <laughs> she said yeah, it. nobody. Look-
1: when there was a protester climbing up Trump Tower, that's what you oh, said. Oh
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. That's probably the last time I said. It. Thank God nobody looks up in this. <laughs> Somebody scaling a building anytime like there's like window washers. You know, it's, I'm sorry. It's just.
0: Yep. <laughs> I notice stuff like that too. That's a funny thing, but I don't know. I'm just a um, maybe that kind of kind of goes back to how I pick pick up on people's like isms and the things that they often say and stuff. I I just like to, I don't know. I guess people watch and people listen. It's yeah. Just a, yeah. A thing I do, I guess.
1: You and Sam would get along great.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, he watches people because that's how he he was raised to talk. So like find his language. So he's a very oh, big people watcher. But that's why he also loves symbolism so much, is because you get a lot from body language.
0: Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. That that would be interesting. Well if I ever make it down to LA again. You know, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Maybe we can you, you can set me up on a on a you little can
2: date
1: a and guest we can just on watch
0: our people. Yeah, mandate. Yep. mandate. I, I, yeah, I I call my my Hanging out with my friends, mandates too. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see here. So Lydia and Perry, I I, I couldn't use more of them. I definitely love the scene.
1: I think what I love about the scene so much is it's so genuine. It's so yeah. like that's a that's Robin Williams and that's Amanda Plummer. Mm-hmm. Like they're.
2: Uh, And I love how it holds on the close-up of mm -hmm. her, too. Like, Mm -hmm. even when it gets slightly out of focus, like, you'd want to cut away, but she comes back into it because she's staying in the moment. So you stay in the moment with her.
1: Well, and I love that that was utilized that way. Yeah. Like, the camera, it's starting to fade,
2: Mm -hmm. and then she's, like, right
1: back into it. Yeah. So it's even the camera is utilized in ways that make you subconsciously feel certain ways. Yeah,
2: we're all about the manipulation of the. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, I I don't know if this is a Terry Gilliam staple, but like you know, I'm up in my fields with this uh very very warm scene to
1: it's a very yeah, dark to oh, yeah. a very
0: very dark scene. You know, we um have Perry wandering back to the area where he had encountered those uh two teens earlier. And I swear I thought he died in this scene i thought I thought they cut him across like the stomach or something
2: he wanted to, to I mean, they die. slashed him across the chest, I mean, like yeah, they did use a lot of uh blood effects there,
1: yeah, but at the same time that as that's happening, he's thanking them, yeah, because right. he's also going like the happy moment is what's triggering his his repressed memories because. He's connecting... I mean, we talk about triggers a lot nowadays because people are utilizing it in a fashion that's mocking and stupid. But they are a real thing. Um, Certain things can trigger flashbacks or just negative emotions. Like, I get triggered and I have panic attacks and I don't know why. Um, Like, Christmas is the worst. But Mm. it's one of those things that you just you kind of have to just calm yourself down and wait for it to happen but he's going through something that is so traumatic that he can't even remember he's created this own personality for himself that he so he can protect himself his mind has basically protected itself from these memories and then he gets this very happy elated mo- moment mm-hmm. which is what triggers the memories because he was having this very happy elated moment with his wife we don't know what that is he could be finding out that he was a father. He, they could have just been out on an anniversary date or something happy happened.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what triggered the emotion. And he th- he even asks, he's like, why can't you just let me have this one moment?
2: Yeah. And just think about how, like, that sucks. Like, you just can never be happy.
1: Yeah. It's like Angel.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is that uh, the TV but, show? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, it's not anything I got into early on.
1: Well, it's this very human thing to want to be happy, and then to okay. be constantly punished. tortured and punished for that emotion. You know, no wonder he went a little cuckoo bananas. Like, yeah. that's a terrible thing to to go through, and to then have to survive
3: through yeah
0: oh god it yeah the, we definitely get more um images here uh, of of the actual shooting in the club it's very violent how it happens you know um he gets like you know brain matter on his face and all of that i i was uh legit like s- scared you know I, this this like turned into a horror movie for me from when he starts hallucinating and running away from the um uh, from that red knight and Running in the uh, running in the streets, I buy that he is scared shitless, you know, and everybody just watching him running by. It was just um, edited very well, uh, shot well, and it was just very effective. Yeah, one uh, and- of the
2: sorry to interrupt. One of the interesting things about Gilliam's work is that very early on, he has done a lot of stuff that includes public shootings and terrorism mm-hmm. and bombings and just our public's reaction to it. And it's just crazy. Or lack thereof. Yeah, lack thereof, especially in uh, Brazil. Sorry, yeah. keep bringing up Brazil. Um, but uh, it's just, it's crazy how we've become the world that he predicted in his early dystopias.
1: Oh, yeah. And how telling this, mo- this movie connects to, to today yeah in such a way that is just it's horrifying to -hmm. be honest because it's like we still don't help those that are mentally disabled we still don't help or not disabled i'm going to say mental ill because that's a better way of saying it um we still don't help those who are homeless we still don't take care of our veterans like that in the grand central station scene, that guy was a veteran yeah he was from vietnam he lost his legs and no one is helping him. No one is saluting him. No one is thanking him for his service or anything like that. And we don't do that. Even I don't care what, what things say about politics, but we don't take care of our veterans nowadays. We haven't since Vietnam. This goes back way past Obama, way past Bush, way past Reagan. Even It we didn't take care of those people that came back from Vietnam and they are homeless nowadays even the people from korea the the homeless rate between veterans is just terrible and the va is terrible. it just there. we have to do better mm-hmm. as a society and the fact that this movie from almost 20 years ago is more than 20, more oh, than
0: 20 over, years ago yeah, yeah. my bad 26 now yeah. yeah yeah um
1: almost 30 years
2: ago it just He's saying it there. He's saying
1: it there yeah. and he's and we're still not doing it. We, yeah. we made it and even And It's not worse. even like the
2: central focus of the movie
1: yeah. either. Yeah, <laughs> it's but it's subtly there. Yeah, because he's taking these grand, huge issues, macro macro issues of society and kind of condensing them down into little snippets of the movie. And like I didn't pick up on that guy being a veteran until this viewing because mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, fucking shit. <laughs> like, I was just talking to someone about how, you know, we need to treat our veterans better. We need to take care of people who come back with PTSD. We need to take care of people who are um, emotionally scarred from this or even physically scarred from from war. And because if we're not taking care of them, then who's going to take care of us? Mm-hmm. Like, civilians. Like, they did so much for us to protect our rights and now we need to stand up for theirs, and it just it pisses me off because <laughs> <laughs> there's not much we can do aside yeah. from speak out.
0: Yeah, I um, yeah, I um, I am very speechless right now because I, I actually I don't know if you know that I I am a veteran. Um, oh, well, you thank know. you for your service. Yeah. Sir. Well, thank you. Yeah. I spent, um, you know, almost 10 years in the army. And so um, it was, that was just a beautiful thing to say. I'm just speechless right now. Oh, uh, <laughs>
1: hugs. <laughs> yes. Got hugs. me in the fields. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cyber <laughs> hugs. Um Ooh, now now I'm in uh, tears here. Oh,
1: so am I. It's okay. Uh, yeah, we're all yeah. we're all just crying now. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, that's why you come to this show to <laughs> yeah. get in yeah. the feels. Get the feels. Uh, get the feels. Um, but I'm glad that Perry su- survived because uh, again, I thought he died, and um, I actually, I, and, and not that I wanted this, but I would have been okay. You know, it, it, had he died, and the movie would ended. Um, but this movie is long, so I knew that there was more, but I was very curious. I was like, what's going to happen for another half hour? Because I think it was about the two-hour mark that, um, uh, that Perry gets in. in uh...
1: Jack's got a quest. Yeah. Well, I think I liked the bit where they kind of paralleled Perry going through this this traumatic situation. And then Jack rising Jack, to power again. Yeah, Jack and Anne. Yeah. Having s- going through lust, I guess is the best parallel. You Jack and Anne breaking up. Well, no, they 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 have oh, sexy oh. times. Yes, We're going they a did a little further back. Yeah. Yes, sexy, that's, that's time. my sexy note times. As well, sexy time. Yes, right as he is being assaulted. Well, mentally assaulted. It's yeah. for, it starts off like they cut away from the horse showing up and ja- uh Perry saying, um. Like, well, can't you just give me this one moment? And then they cut right to Jack and Anne talking mm-hmm. about love and the situation and how they're Love conquers all. And how love conquers that's all that's
2: another Terra Gilliam theme. <laughs>
1: yeah. So and that was a good parallel because love is clearly not conquering this demon yet for yeah. Perry. It's not and 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 even if it possibly can, I don't know. How, what Yet, I want to. I need to watch it again, I think. Yeah.
0: Oh, I do too. (laughs) Because, like, everything you guys are saying, like, oh, I need to go back and see that. Um,
2: Yeah. And even, like, sorry, with the end, with the breakup, when she says, if you're going to hurt me, hurt me now.
1: Yeah. Don't do this long, drawn out thing. As humans, we want to get the pain over as soon as possible. Yeah. Right. So, Uh, and then, yeah, then we go to Jack Rising to Power again. He starts off with the. You've got the power. i yeah,
0: power. Right.
1: So you know
0: it's so funny like um when I saw David Price Hyde David right? Hyde is Pierce him too yes uh, <laughs> I saw I was like he looks like that dude from uh um, from Fraser Fraser I was yep. about to say he is grammar a that's he's Kelsey like, grammar he's a yeah right and I was just like i was like if that's him he looks super young he looks <laughs> like he's 15 years old um and that guy like he I guess he wears the same thing in everything he does it's always in a suit <laughs> and wears his glasses uh he's got a look he, yeah. yeah he really does I guess yeah that's what i i've um he i grew like up
1: a mob guy to be honest though
0: <laughs> you thought so <laughs>
1: the hat the hat gives uh, it oh a little right Chicago yeah, yeah, yeah. Mob. give him a fedora
2: uh,
0: yeah yeah a little out of place that one um I just, uh, growing up, I've always thought, like, if I ever directed, like, a a live version of Simpsons, he'd be Smithers.
1: Oh, he would be a good Smithers.
0: (laughs) So, uh, that was was my fantasy casting there. But, yeah, Jack rises back to power here. um, And then he finds out about Perry being in this, well, at the point he doesn't know he's in a catatonic state. But finds out what happens to Perry because he had previously given Perry his wallet, say, hey, take her out, you know pay for everything you mm-hmm. know and so i like that callback too so i i appreciated stuff like that i always appreciate good writing and um so they go see him and again i was just like is, is he dead what's going on so to to see him like at least with his eyes open i was just like oh okay that's it's kind of nuts but uh yeah He's in a
1: catatonic it, state yeah
0: yeah 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 just um yeah, I was waiting for Lydia to show up too, but we actually don't even get her until like way later on when she brings them like what, watermelon pajamas or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She's making sure he has the fantastical, I think.
2: Yeah. Taking care of him. Also anything other than those stripes, get out of that uh, cage <laughs> symbolism. Yeah, the cage symbolism.
0: Yeah. Um let's see, so Jack, yeah, we talked about um already his uh, his quest here that he does. Who who's that guy that uh, that owns that castle mansion thing? Carmichael. Yeah. yeah who is he? He's is not... he a real guy or? I
1: don't. I think, think that's actually a museum, like IRL. Yeah. I mean, I okay. know they use that exterior in the new Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. For a museum, so I might just be getting that confused, but
2: I think it was also a college at one point. Yeah. I feel like you're right.
0: Okay, so I thought that so so in the movie it's actually not a real oh in real life it's not a real place. I don't think movie. it's a real
2: home. but it was playing as some rich guy's house. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, I got a little like um, Princess Bride feel on the inside, you know, with mm. like the stairs and the stuff Ooh, like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so, uh, so having conquering his quest, he uh, goes back and gives uh, Perry the the Holy Grail.
2: But also during his quest he saved somebody from accidental suicide which is full Rich circle. Rich person, you yeah. know, speak for real suicide. Yeah. So like him saving somebody else, like how That's he was the saved.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't I didn't get it get that. See, again, I, I gotta go back and watch it. I, I felt it was kinda like he was uh, obviously he saw he was trying to wake him up, right? And yeah. Uh, so did he intent? Okay. So he intentionally let, set off the alarm so the cops could come in and save resuscitate the guy. him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I took it as dude was already dead. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So I, I must have missed uh, something it's a because. Quick,
1: it's a quick newspaper transition. Right. Yeah.
0: I saw that uh, something. That it saved. Was, the, suicide he was saved thwarted by, by. Yeah. By, yeah. By, Cat burglar. Yeah. Burglar. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what it was. Okay. So that makes sense now. Okay, so so Jack goes to see Anne after this, and um, I was like, okay, this may not happen, but I really need Anne to slap him. I just, (laughs) I need it. And if she didn't, I was going to be so mad. And, but we got the slap. So, yeah, a
2: slap and a kiss.
0: Yes, of course. But yeah, I was just like, um, because I felt like, she had to slap him, right? Because uh, I feel like if she didn't, then.
1: she He wanted her back too easy.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He... And then I think, like, for her character, like, I, then I wouldn't have bought her character. I was like, wait a minute. I thought she was stronger than this. Yeah. So I she was is really tough. waiting for that. Yeah. So I, I'm glad that that slap was in there. Couldn't use maybe like a knee to the groin or something like that. Oh, <laughs> <like, laughs> She wants have him to still it.
1: be useful. Yeah. She's, oh, right, <laughs> she right, right, still right. needs the. The yeah. functioning equipment. <laughs>
0: she needs the peen. She needs a peen. Uh, speaking of peen, we get those too. Uh, yeah. Jack and Perry both nude in the park. You know what I thought when when we saw the the skyline? I was like, is is this Lydia and Perry? Like, are we gonna are we gonna <laughs> no. see Lydia? But yeah, no, it's I, the friendship. I, 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 I no, yeah, no. So so I thought that was funny too. Uh, that it was Jack and Perry uh, laying laying in the park uh, naked. So
1: yep. They saved one another, in a sense. Yeah. I think it's, for me, the ending is just, it's about Jack realizing that the power isn't everything, that you won't get fulfilled by it. You'll be depressed. You'll end up causing more harm than good. And to do good, you have to go outside of yourself and find community and find a friendship and find love whatever form that is it doesn't have to be romantic love I think that's the greatest thing that Terry Gilliam does is that romantic love isn't the only type of love that exists he's very good even in Brazil he talks about more than just romantic love or not Brazil
2: Not Brazil
1: um and like Baron Munchausen yeah Baron Munchausen's a friendship movie yeah he he really focuses in on not just the memoir of everything it's definitely a lot of friendship love
0: yeah. So I, 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 and you guys kind of uh, changed. Well, not changed, but um, the wording is slightly different each time. But you guys, are you ready to rate this movie? Is is that is that how it's Oh yeah oh. yeah 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 yeah.
2: Sure, ready to rate this movie. That's okay, of course. That's
0: what it is. So uh, do you guys want to go first, or I don't know how we did it last time. I, it doesn't really matter to me.
2: I okay. think we went first. Let, uh, I'm not ready. You're not ready.
0: Uh, Maybe... Um, You know what? I want to go just in case somebody takes my item. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And, um, you know, since it's my first time, too. But, uh, okay. So, this movie is definitely, usually not something I I watch. Um, Just the... it's, It's definitely dark. Now, I don't, like... Not watch dark movies like uh, again like uh, World's Greatest Dad is, is well, it's a dark comedy but like so, something like this is just uh, not my alley not up my alley like um, uh, movies like Jacob's Ladder you know mm-hmm. kind of come to mind uh, what dreams may come those movies I've I've watched all of those but they're 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 not ones I would buy in have my own collection of these type of movies they're just they're just not my type of movies but i will definitely give anything a shot this one of the ones i just previously mentioned this one i will go back and watch and i think obviously having you two on here um explaining a lot of this stuff and um you know bringing uh, personal experiences actually it definitely opened up my eyes here and i want to go in and, and 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 look at it uh watch it again with that perspective it's definitely a deep movie. I'm a very dense person. I hope that that's the right term. I, I, let's be honest here. I mean, think of all the movies I have previously reviewed. You know, uh, I, I think there might be a bit of a stigma, you know, like in, in my choice of movies too. Like maybe I don't do these type of movies because I, I don't get them, you mm-hmm. know, and and I'm I'm okay with saying that. Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm not deep into my thoughts. I watch movies to escape reality and just have a good time. Um seldom do I ever watch a movie for the meaning and stuff like that and and that's another thing with like revamping Hydrate Level 4 and um, I want to rediscover movies that I have missed such as this so I thought this was a great movie to, to do because this is one I've never seen and this is something that I kind of want to do as well, look into the movies a little bit more, you know, uh, try my best, you know, to be a better podcaster, like, like this movie, be a better person, you mm-hmm. know, in different uh, aspects and things like that. So uh, for this movie, because it, it wasn't really my type of movie, but again, I'm definitely going to give it another watch. It, it probably won't break in any, into any type of rotation or anything like that. But um, I definitely want to try to look into more like a behind the scenes stuff as well. Um, see if like Terry Gilliam's done like uh, interviews or anything like that, but I'm going to give it a three and a half copies of ordinary Peepholes.
2: <laughs> oh, that was a good one! Brilliant.
0: Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you.
2: <laughs> oh
1: yeah, take a bow for that one. Oh, that was great. Thanks.
0: Thanks. Uh, how about like a curtsy? Is that is that what it's called? Can I Are can you, I do yeah. a curtsy? Yeah, do not? a curtsy. Go yeah. You know, sure. because uh, I I'm pretty sure um Michael Jeter did one, so I'm gonna yes I'm gonna do a Michael did. Jeter curtsy. So all yeah. uh, oh, comes back to that. I love beautiful. that guy. Yeah, he is. <laughs>
1: Okay, uh, I'm going to rate this movie four and a half Holy Grails. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Right Whatever grail you may think it <laughs> is. Yeah, Because I think the great thing about the movie is that it takes the grail quest and doesn't make it about what the grail is. Mm-hmm. Like you're trying to say, oh, the Holy Grail is this cup that cut caught the blood of Christ. But no, it really wasn't. It's like, it's love for me, that's what I think mm-hmm. they're trying to say here,
0: yeah, because uh Jack just gives him the the cup, it awakens him, but then that's 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 the extent of it, like you know, Perry does nothing with the cup afterwards,
1: yeah, yeah, but he finds community he he has friendship now, and oh, that's the y- real yeah. girl, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: I'm going to give this movie five pinocchios, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yes. It I, I like that too. There it, it was um uh, didn't one point like um uh Perry like Pointed Jack and kinda did like a your nose is growing kind of yep. deal. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like that a lot. So that was uh, that was also nice. Uh Terry Gilliam should do like a live version of Pinocchio.
2: Wow. Oh. That would be dark. Yeah. That
0: yeah, would, would be I wanna the, see that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, can
1: you think about the whale scene? Ooh, ooh. Yeah, I like your idea there, Peter. Let's fund oh, thank it. You. Let's do it. Let's start go. a Kickstarter.
0: Yeah, you're you're a filmmaker. Let's let's make this happen. What's yeah. That? I I know I know a a film editor who may need some work next month.
2: Ha! Oh,
1: ho. this is true. So,
0: <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that um that wraps up the the, the re- review here. I want to uh thank you ladies obviously for coming on the show and also um choosing this movie is definitely Super deep and dark. And, um, but you know, hey, I love me some Robin Williams. I'm I'm not a huge Jeff Bridges fan, but it's not not to say that I dislike the guy. Um, I don't have like a whole lot of favorite movies. You know, we mentioned Big Lebowski earlier. I don't have like, um, I can't say I have any go to Jeff Bridges movies for me.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to think of the other ones that I've, yeah, I'd say for but, me it's yeah, this one. I, yeah.
0: I like him a lot in this, but wasn't mm-hmm. he also like in Tucker, The American Dream? Um, you know obviously he was in the first iron man but again like Ugh, like he's oh, yeah. a great actor he just like, he doesn't have any movies that i grew up watching mm-hmm. um oh, but Tron. you guys did That's oh Tron. You, you know what? i didn't grow up on that i i i saw it when i was a kid not one i really cared about i watched the remake or the the sequel and i didn't care for the sequel either uh he looked great you know as a like young version of himself <laughs> um you guys did cover his brother in Jerry Maguire, Bo Bridges.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know,
0: Race's race uh, daddy from, from Texas. Yeah. Uh, so check that out, everyone. It was a, it was a great <laughs> listen. I mean, every episode is really, you know, from Splash to Can't Buy Me Love and Jerry Maguire's. So all types of movies, even ones that you're like, oh, that's a comedy romance. So, uh, so yeah, why don't you guys give out your contacts and where listeners can find you and listen to your wonderful show.
2: Well, our website is thecutaways.com, and we are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as at Cutaways Podcast. And you can find us pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts, like iTunes and Stitcher.
1: Yes. And Podbean. Yeah. And what was the other one that I did? Pocket Casts. And if you can't find it there, just let us know. We'll put yeah. it there.
0: There it is. And also, uh, I love the the intro with that the, the, the little g- guitar. Um, I do a little air guitar when I, when I hear it. <laughs> I, I play along, you know, as I'm walking these streets here working. I just do a little little Bill and Ted air guitar along with it. So it's it's great. That's that's what happens when you binge. You pick things up like that. so, <laughs> well, so thank it was a fun you listen. so
2: much.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love
1: Jimmy's intro. He did a really good job of making it very Runaways.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I... I, I <laughs> I definitely liked the movie when it first came out. I, I want to go back and watch it, but I, I did enjoy that movie. Um, but, yeah, uh, for me, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter, at Podstalgic. Um, you know, I got an email. I'm not sure if anyone's really interested in emailing in. But uh, anybody that wants to, like, interact with me, I host another show, We Got Five, with my co-host, Devin. You know, we do a top five list. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a group page for Core Ten Parts. It's just called Core Ten Parts Podcast. So if you want to leave feedback for We Got Five, you can do so there. You can interact with me, talk about Paul Stalgic, maybe movie suggestions there as well. Um, I'm all over Twitter. You can find me at RIP Citizen on my personal Twitter if you want to talk basketball or, you know, anything else. I welcome the interaction. So, uh, yep, yeah, check out the ladies. Do uh, you guys have like a like a... Like a day uh, every week that you release it, or Wednesdays. Uh, we Wednesdays. try to
1: do it every Wednesday. The over the holidays, we ran into some,
2: you know, it was the holidays. But yeah. now it's we're back holidays. on schedule. Everybody does. We're yeah, back so on, on schedule every Wednesday. Every Wednesday.
0: so Hump Days. There you go on Hump Day. Yep. You know, <laughs> look it up. So uh, and and just um, you can almost always count on peen talk and butt talk. Almost always. <laughs> almost and, always. Or Patrick e- Dempsey's e- even, hair. Well, see, even if the movie doesn't have said peen and butt, you would always say, this movie can use a little bit more peen and butt. Yes. So, <laughs> at least you'll get that talk. And some singing. You can always guarantee there's yeah. some singing on the show. So it makes it's my days better. It's a slumber
1: party. It is a slumber party for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for your ears. For
0: your ears. Very <laughs> fitting. Um, yeah, I use a word like eargasm. So it's it's like a, a joy for me to listen to the show. So oh, uh, I, can't, okay. I can't say enough about it. Um, and so that, that's, that's all I got So uh, thank you ladies again Until the next episode, thank you all for listening Bye Don't say this, don't
3: say that, change your lyrics My rhyme is authentic, so it shall remain. My writing, exciting, never mundane. In actuality, my personality keeps my mentality based on real life situations, not speculations,
0: but verbal illustrations of how I feel. without substance or content you need to slow your speed stop the nonsense these are the words of the rising sun surprising some who thought i was just another humdrum i'll take a page by the phrase and rephrase it treat it like a national flag and upraise it so a nation
3: of people can feel proud about a brother who speaks out real loud Pot is part of Cortemp Arts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Listen to some of our other shows like Get Real Movies, Blood Guts and Blu-ray, and The Broken Brain at cortemparts.com.